I think that that's the kind of stuff that people really need, right? Um, a sermon is awesome. Uh, a new song is really great too. Um, there are there, they are just tools in the tool belt. That's all they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. loving each other and like showing people Christ um, by our actions is number one and first important. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Okay, we are live. Oh, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Hey, Drew. It's time to get things started. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm going to tell you how good I'm doing in just a moment. (laughs) I will. Okay. But first, (laughs) first, welcome to Between the Grooves. This is episode 199. That's crazy, dude. Not that I'm counting or anything. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) But episode (laughs) 199. Yeah. It's your weekly look at music ministry and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And uh, this week, Tyler Roberts from Red Rocks Worship. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's the worship pastor there. And you know, it's really cool that he uh, leads essentially like a multi-site church, which is great. You know, a lot of churches do that. I think what's interesting and what I can't wait to talk about is uh, how they do it in a pandemic, leading all these musicians in different sites. Yeah, yeah. When you can't actually meet in person, you can't actually do your thing. I think most churches have been forced to adapt over the last 15 months or so. So to hear it from his perspective and what they've done, and they they always strive for excellence as well. So to do it with excellence. And the other thing, too, that we'll touch on a little bit is how do you introduce new music to your congregation in that scenario as well? That's right. That's exactly. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we get to that... How was your weekend? Oh, it was wonderful. Um, was able to hang out with the with the kids and just party. Was able to sort of see an old friend I haven't seen since the beginning of the pandemic. So it was nice to kind of do an outdoor distant hang, and just really did a lot of stuff around the house. You know, it was like a housekeeping weekend, right? I had Which a housekeeping is, week, if I can say. After fair enough. after our uh, podcast last week, I took some vacation yes. time. So I was off, yeah. and I wasn't going in to do the radio show. I was sleeping in. In fact, I was sleeping in until the show ended. <laughs> oh, my god! So I, had, I have no clue what happened. Hopefully, everything sounded good. Uh, I was just relaxing, going to bed late, you know, sleeping in a little bit. And I, I got to do the socially distanced uh, visit with my brother in his backyard uh, over coffee cool. one morning. Um, you know, did some running around, some errands and stuff. Yep. Um, yep. I, I did some reading. I read three yes. books. I read Which three books are you reading? Well, um, you're familiar with Isaac Asimov. The, uh, oh my gosh, the I'm such a huge fan. Famous sci-fi writer. And I love oh, sci-fi. Yeah. I read yeah. all three of the main foundation books. My favorite series. I love yeah. it so much. That, that's the best yeah. sci-fi in my in my. In my I agree. Uh, now, I, yeah, I agree. I, when I say I read it, I've I've reread it because I've read it before right. a few times. Yeah. But this was, yeah. you know, one of the things. One of my goals on my vacation was to uh, read the series again, and I'm now oh, into so the good. fourth book, and then after that, it'll be the fifth book, 
you know, the sequels. And then after yes. that, it'll be in, into the prequels. Yeah, um, they're so good too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying some reading time, which is, it forces you to relax a little. Um, yeah. And between that and, you know, doing chores around the house, as you would normally do during a staycation, also did some right. voiceover work. Some stuff came down, which was kind of nice as well. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, things seem to be picking up a little bit in that uh, in that arena as well, which is uh, which is kind of nice. So, yeah, all in all, it was a busy but good uh, time away. And now it's back to reality. I've got a million oh, emails, a million emails to, that I, I got to get through I can't imagine, man. Oh my <laughs> That's gosh. That's the one thing in, yeah. the, in the music business, uh, when you get stuff being sent to you all the time, I think there was 70 something just in one of my spam folders on, uh, on new music and stuff. Jeez. Now, a lot of it was actual spam, but some of sure. it was some good stuff. So you have to still go through it and make sure that there isn't something important in there. Right. So, yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. But uh, great to be back and great to be back with you on Between the Grooves. There we go. What's coming up now? Well, uh, it is time to get to our conversation with Tyler Roberts. And as we mentioned, uh, this guy is being uh, in the music business as far as church worship for a number of years. Uh, yeah. As you mentioned, he is the worship pastor with Red Rocks Worship, and they, they are doing phenomenal things. And yes, just just to hear what they've been up to during the pandemic, and you know, I'm hoping a lot of this pandemic stuff is behind us, right? Um, <laughs> yes, we're, yeah, we're moving right. in the right direction, but they're, they're, we're yes. still talking about it because there's things that people have been doing during the pandemic that is very relevant uh, and and still important. Uh, over the last little while. And and certainly one of the things we've chatted about on the podcast is how important it has been for churches to adapt. And that's right. These guys have had to take it a step further because not only are they adapting because of the pandemic, but they're adapting because of the fact that they have multiple locations. And so how do you handle that? This is it. So let's get to our conversation with Tyler Roberts from Red Rocks Worship on Between the Grooves. This is Tyler from Red Rocks Worship. How you guys doing? Doing really good. Tyler Roberts. Right. Yes, sir. Is it just you or anybody else joining us? Uh, it's just me this morning. Corey was supposed to be joining, and he had like a thing. So <laughs> he had a thing. Wow, right. that's that's his yeah. loss. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that's right. That's it, right. It, it honestly is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So good to have you. Um, we've been looking forward to this conversation. Um, so uh, let's start by talking about the fact that uh, Red Rocks Worship is part of a group or, or a church, I guess, that has multiple locations. So uh, is is your team made up of people from multiple locations? Yes. So we are the worship collective from Red Rocks Church, which is here in Denver primarily, but we have um, six different campuses. And within those campuses, obviously, multiple worship leaders. So... Um, so our team, we're, we're all local worship leaders. That's what we are. That's who we are. That's our first and foremost, number one job. And then we've just started over the last few years, really getting together and riding together and trying to find, trying to, trying to find like, and capture the sound of our house here for Red Rocks. Um, and so that's what we're doing. You've got, uh, locations where? So we have campus in Austin, Texas. We have one in Brussels, Belgium. Littleton, Colorado, Lakewood, Colorado, Arvada, Colorado, and also our Park Meadows campus, which is like a Lone Tree campus. So very busy, very busy. Um, everything except for Belgium is back 
well, with masks, but back to normal. <laughs> right, right. I'm curious on the Belgium aspect. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> it's like, it's like, Great okay, question. we're we're all in the states here, and oh, and by the way, we have this one campus in Belgium. How the heck did that yeah. happen? Yeah, you know, um, great. We get that question all the time. So our the long and short of it is our pastor, Sean Johnson, um, he made to be good, really good friends with um, a guy who oversaw Convoy of Hope Europe. And anyways, they would bring Sean out all the time to preach to different pastors and different conferences and different things. Anyways, I mean, it was happening regularly. And so then all of a sudden, like, uh, I what was his name? I cannot remember. But the, the pastor from Combo of Hope, he was like, hey, you know, we bring you out all the time. What if we just started a Red Rocks campus one day? And everybody kind of smiled and laughed like, no, we would never like that doesn't even make sense. Um, it's too expensive. And how would we do that? And I don't even know where to start. Well, <laughs> give it about six weeks. And then Pastor Sean brought us all to an all step and said, hey, we're starting a campus in Brussels, Belgium. <laughs> and uh, a lot of a lot of things really worked out. Like we're in a school there, uh, St. John's, and like it just kind of worked out. It, it has an auditorium that they let us rent out that seats the number of people that we need to seat um, pre-COVID. And then also, um, you know, the, the theater, it, it's kind of got our style, right? So we can, we can do all the technology and all the lights and gadgets and gizmos and give it really the Red Rocks experience. And so... Yeah. We started there, and then we sent um, we sent four people over: Tyler and Joy Hoffman, who are our campus pastors there, and then also Brene and James Keithley, who Brene is one of our worship leaders, and they have now actually this year since moved back, and so they're back in the states with us. But they went over there, and they we started about five years ago, um, started from scratch. Brene was going to all the pubs, all the anything musical. She was there trying to build a team. Um, they all spoke French. She did not, so she had to learn French. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. But now um, the campus is running really strong, a few hundred people. Um, it'll be interesting to see what it, what happens once they get back into the building because, of course, COVID has kind of slowed some things down. But before COVID, they were running like three, 400 people, which in Brussels, in Brussels that's a big, big church. Um, so just really thankful that we get to be a part of it. It's so cool, too, because just like when you go to Austin, Texas, or if you go to a Denver campus, when you go to Brussels, it feels just like Red Rocks. Now they speak a little mm. different, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a right. little different. But all in all, it's like, no, man, like it's like the same. It's the same experience. It's the same, same song, same um, vibe. A lot of times the exact same message that we preach that was preached in the States. We send it over. Sometimes Tyler, the campus pastor, will preach. Um, but it's it, it's the coolest thing to just see the church united even across borders. Sorry, Tyler, I was a little distracted there, but but you said she went to all the pubs, and that's kind of what distracted me. Um, can you can you elab- can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, not going to she, drink. She grabbed but beer. She was going. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> brought, no, brought the no. beer back for the church. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, man. No judgment. She's no judgment. Trying to, how do you you know if you're trying to build a band and you don't know anybody in a different country, exactly. where are you going to go? Right. You're going to yeah. go wherever the musicians are. And that's so right. that's what she would do. She would go because you know how it is when you're building a band, like uh, it, it, especially in the church. If you could find one or two key musicians, they probably know a couple other people, yeah. and they that's probably right. know a couple other people. So that's that's how you know that's how it started. Anywhere there was music, she was going there, trying to get to know their name, get to know their story, and say, "Hey, we got this crazy thing called Red Rocks Church that we're starting. You want to be a part of it?" Um, <laughs> and you know, the, after, 
over the last five years, it's really grown. It's like its own thing now. It's, it's, a, it's an own, its own department. Um, it's really thriving. They have a volunteer after volunteer, but in the beginning it was just Brene. It was just her and James with an acoustic, and then they would slowly add in people that they met. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, okay. So, and how did it work in terms of all of these churches growing into a collective? And, actually, let me back that up. How did the music ministry grow in Red Rocks? Like, how, were you around in the early days of that worship ministry? Yes. So, I want to backtrack a little bit. So all the campuses are, have all been like sent out from the main hub. So we started all these campuses. They didn't. They weren't churches that became Red Rocks. We gotcha. sent them out and started them up. So, but um, but then as far as the worship music ministry goes, so I've been here for ten years. Um, when I first started, it was literally just one campus and me and another guy um, owning that campus. And then as then like, we were at this stage where the guys were like, okay, well, we're, we're outgrowing our building and maybe we should do this big capital campaign and build a new building. Well, they went to a leadership conference, came back and they said, that's a terrible idea because what we're going to do is we're going to put the church in a whole lot of debt. And who knows if we're going to need that space, we might need more space, but we're going to have a lot of debt. So how about this new fresh idea called multi-site? Um, <laughs> we never even heard of that before. So long story short, we started our first um, multi-site campus, which is the Littleton campus. And when we did that, we hired some more worship leaders and they were stationed for that location. Um, And so then as the worship ministry grows and the story of Red Rocks worship, to be real honest, we we were just trying to figure out, okay, well, we got worship leaders at that campus. We got worship leaders at that campus. They come from this background. They come from this background. They like this style. They like this style. How do we blend this thing to be more about our church versus like, well, if you go to this campus, you're going to get this flavor. If you go to this yeah. campus, you're going to get this. One. Right. And we had a hard time agreeing. So what we just what we decided to do is like, hey, you know what? Let's seek the Lord on Fridays. Let's pray together on Fridays. And then after prayer, let's write together. Mm. Because if we can write together and find songs that we all love, then we can sing them at every campus. Mm. And so anyways, that's what we did. The first song, probably like first song that ever really worked quote unquote for us was a song called fill this place um we wrote that uh, i did not write that jake and jerica wrote that brought it to the team um it was all in-house and we did that and it was like the coolest thing to sing our own song a red rock song at all of the locations uh, i guess at that point it was golden and littleton that was super cool so then it kind of spun us into this hey let's write more often let's do this let's do this let's get more of our songs at every location to where we can agree on that. And also it would be, you know, we're writing songs that are taken from our pastor's messages and, and it's coming from the vision of our senior leader. So that's that's a win. Anyways, we were doing that, doing that, doing that. And then um, <laughs> about seven years ago, we, we did this thing called Holiday Hangover. So basically it was the Sunday after you guys think I'm just a big drinker. I talked about posts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. I'm putting, I'm no judgment, man. No judgment. <laughs> I'm putting all this together. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Let me give you context to it. Um, <laughs> the Sunday, the Sunday after Christmas, um, the Sunday after Christmas, you know, people are white. Uh, we did, we, we, we run multiple services at multiple campuses. So we're just white. Our volunteer base is tired and exhausted. Plus, you throw on that like, oh, it's Christmas, so you got to do all the family things, all the par- all the parties, all the stuff. Anyways, so the Sunday after Christmas, seven years ago, we we started this thing called Holiday Hangover, and what it was was a TV and online experience that would allow us to close the doors of the church on that specific Sunday. The church would be at home, and so, anyways, we did that, 
And we, we, had, we had written like, I don't know, four or five songs at that point. And so we we're like, well, I guess we need to record them for this holiday hangover thing. Okay, cool. So we went in, we recorded these songs and all for a holiday hangover. And then, and then uh, once we got done, our leader at the time, he was like, hey, what if we just like, what if we just made this an EP and threw it on iTunes? Let's just see what happens. And I, we were all like, can you even do that? Is it that easy? <laughs> and so we did. It became the rooftop EP. It went number one on the um, Christian album there on iTunes for a couple of days where we were like, what in the world is happening? We can't believe this. We, we didn't even mean to do this, you know? And so that's kind of the genesis of it. And then lo and behold, Sony Provident comes knocking on our door. Um, and now we're, we're just now releasing our third record with them. Um, and so a lot of things have, you know, uh, a lot of things have grown, a lot of things have sped up, but um, at the end of the day, we're still just those like local worship leaders trying to write songs for our church, capture the sound of our church, put faith-filled anthems into the mouths of our church on Monday through Saturday. We know that they're going to sing exactly what we put on the screen on Sunday morning. Like when they show up to church, you're going to, it doesn't matter what the lyrics say, they will probably sing it. Um, but I, I, we want them singing these songs Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday when things are going really great, when things aren't so great, when they don't know how to pray, they don't have the words to give to God. It's like, yeah, but I have this anthem that's in my tool belt, and I'm going to pull this out, and I'm going to sing it, and I'm, it's going to strengthen my faith. And so that is a very short synopsis of who we are and, and seven years of history right there. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. That's incredible how um... – you know, as an afterthought, getting these songs and putting it together as an I, as an EP and throwing it up onto iTunes and, and, you know, the streaming services and whatnot. And then on top of that, I guess, getting noticed by a record label and then they come knocking on your door. Because a lot of times when you think of an artist, they're trying to catch the attention. I mean, they're, they're ultimately... Uh, doing whatever they can to attract the attention of a label because they want to get signed to a label. And you guys, like, really don't care, if I can say. Like, this was, again, an afterthought. It's like, we just we just did this for The Hangover, and now it's up on iTunes, it's getting airplay, you know, people are noticing it, and then you got somebody knocking on your door, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in many ways, um, in many ways, I think this wasn't even really the dream of the leadership team of, of our leadership i think they're i think in some ways they didn't want us to do all this um but opportunities just kept coming our way and mm. people were knocking on the door and, and i don't say that as in like we're so something so great i think i think that the, the truth is is when god wants something to happen he's going to make it happen mm. and now now oh our senior leadership is so far behind this like they're they're our biggest supporters um, they're the ones that are helping lead the way with the vision of it all. Um, but to your point, it's like, no, we didn't really set out to get signed to put songs out for the world. Um, it's just not even about that for us. It's just about, it's really just about our church. Um, how can we write songs that our church, um, at that time, especially it was just Denver. How, how can we write songs for our church in Denver to like sing them at both campuses. <laughs> yeah, and in this particular case though, I mean given the fact that your focus is on your local church and, and your your campuses, the fact that you've got a record label involved, it it allows them to take care of the business end of things and you can you guys can concentrate on the songwriting and and developing the resources for your team and working together versus getting bogged down with some of the um, you know, administrative type 
um, record label yeah. type stuff, you know, marketing and all that other stuff that goes hand in hand with it. Oh, a thousand percent. They're, they're like the rocket fuel, you know? Um, yeah. we, I, I feel like they're the rocket fuel for us. We're, we're the rocket we're riding. We're trying really hard to download whatever God's doing in our hearts and doing in our church. And then they are allowing us to further that mission. Like at Red Rocks Church, we always say we're, we exist to make heaven more crowded. That's our whole point. Like that's <laughs> all we're about. And so I look at, I look at um, Sony Provident as a tool and a resource to just do that, to get these songs, um, to get Jesus a little bit further than we could do on our own and minister to people and hopefully, 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 hopefully uh, make heaven more crowded in doing so. I love that. I love that. Um, there are some churches out there who, um, when it comes to writing as a church, they, uh, their pastor might pitch them like, these are the sermon series that I'm going to be talking on the themes, write songs based on that. Or sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of like people are just writing just from the stories of their own church, just sort of writing from the stories of their own families. Um, what's your approach? Is it more of like a pastor down kind of writing or is it just like you guys just get together and sort of like, okay, God, what are you speaking to us now? I think I think um, there are definitely times where Pastor Sean will let us know, hey, I'm, I'm going to be preaching this theme, this, this message over the next few weeks, you know, out of this passage of scripture, could we, could we work with something on that? Sure. We definitely do that. I would say the majority of the time though, um, it is us getting together and being like, all right, y'all, what is, what is God doing in our church? What do you think our church needs right now? Um, and that's kind of where we start. So for instance, things of heaven album that we are in the middle of releasing, we wrote all of this over 2020 during quarantine. So it was like the doors of the sh- the doors of the church had to sh- had to close because of uh, the virus and everything, but the worship department, Red Rocks Worship, we pushed the gas because we knew okay, well all we have is this online campus. People are people are starving for truth. People are hurting so much. People need hope, and people need to put their eyes back where they belong, which is Jesus. So we set out to write songs that would hopefully help them do just that, and. Um, every song on this record, Things of Heaven, it really comes out of that. It's like, hey, I know that I know that this person in our church literally right like COVID started and then um, their husband passed of he had mm-hmm. cancer, stage four, the whole nine yards. She didn't care about COVID. She didn't care about COVID at all because her husband just died. But then on top of that, her husband just died. She's got two kids and, and uh, two teenagers in high school. And now all of a sudden COVID hits. Now she can't even go to work. Now her kids are stuck at home. Now she's like having to deal with all this stuff, right? That's just one story of one family in our church. And so we we set out to write songs that would put, you know, some faith in the life of this person with a song called, you know, like now here, I see joy rising. I, I, I hear hope calling. I see chains falling, breaking. Like all these things are happening and she might not believe that she might not feel it, but we wrote a song to give to her so that she could sing it over herself when she is just like, God, I don't understand. Or a song called never leave. I know you're with me. You'll never leave. You'll never leave. Um, you're, you're for me. You'll never leave. You'll never leave. I just know it. I trust that even though I don't feel it right now. Um, hmm. So I'm just talking out loud, but these are, th- that, that's the whole heartbeat of what we do. Um, y'all like for real it is this is like our way of ministering to our church this is the message that we preach um this is our way of caring and tending to our um the the people that have been entrusted to us 
is writing songs that hopefully, 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 um, they don't even think of Tyler or Corey or Jess or Jerrica. I hope they don't. I really hope that they just see Jesus, they thank Jesus, and it's like their way of connecting back to God. Yeah. You know, one of the things I admire, uh, Tyler, is, is, is and, and what I like hearing about is, is how businesses, churches, individuals, uh, what they've done during, you know, stay-at-home restrictions or lockdowns or the just general restrictions that churches have had over the last, you know, 12 to 14 months, uh, primarily during 2020 and into 2021. And, you know, I've seen you know, of course, a lot of negative stuff happening in the world around us. But, you know, seeing people, you know, families doing renovations, they figure, you know, we got some downtime. Let's, you know, renovate. We were planning these projects, you know, for the next little while anyway. So let's just do them now while we have the time or or starting a business. I've I've got a neighbor who has been building picnic tables of all things. And, you know, this past yeah. weekend, there were three pic- three different sized picnic tables in his backyard. And by the next day, they were all gone. So he's he's making and building these picnic tables and selling them. Must be selling them online or something like that. And they all look fabulous. I, I'm thinking he's having parties every weekend because he's got all these picnic tables <laughs> set up. Uh, but even you know, training and development. So what you guys have been doing over 2020 is usual, utilizing this downtime just to make, if I can say, make things better. Well, yeah, I I think so. I hope I hope they're better. I mean, I think the reality is is like Jesus is the hope of the world, and and we say that in church. Um, but oftentimes, then as the church, we try to we try to wow people in other ways. But the reality is, is Jesus is the only way, and so therefore we're like, you know what? Let's let's just point everybody back to Jesus, um, all back to Jesus. And the way we do that is through our songs, it's through our writing, it's through our our worship, um, our recordings. And so I don't know, because the truth is, is like. I don't have the answer for COVID. I don't have the answer for lockdowns. I don't have the answer for um, for all the things that are happening in the world. I just, I literally don't have good enough words or um, I, I, there's no there's no way I could tell you what the answer is other than Jesus. Jesus said to take heart for I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, I stick closer than a brother. Jesus said, I'm the beginning, the end. Um, Jesus said that I, I was I was here before, I, I am right now and I will be returning. That's what he said. And so we put all of our stock in Jesus, not Red Rocks Church, not Red Rocks Worship, not in a not an artistry. Um, it's Jesus. And this is just the way that we can get him out to everybody else and tell the world, shout it from the rooftops, you know. So I hope in many ways it's making things better. I would say that it's been really cool coming back to church, um, having people in person. We wrote these songs during 2020. And we started we started introducing them on for our online campus because we couldn't meet in person. And the coolest thing ever is when we do when we have come back to church, like hearing them sing these songs, right? For the, because for the longest time, like we were up there leading these songs, but it was to a camera, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so right, I'm yeah. like, God, I hope these are connecting. I really hope these are working. I God, I hope you're in this. I feel like you are, but also I, there might not be anybody on the other side. I don't know. Um, and, and, and what's been really great and, and encouraging and just like exciting is, no, I think they were on the other side of the camera because when they came back and we sang Now Here for the first time with everybody in the room, they went bonkers. When we sang Echo Holy, they got it. Like they went, they went there right away. And like that, when we sang Living God, oh man, when we get to Living God, that, that bridge, death was never going to hold you. So it's never going to hold me. You're the only thing holding on to me. Like, my gosh, the room just lifts. So I think, I don't know if we made it better, 
But I will say this, um, and I'm preaching now. Sorry, but the gates of hell will not <laughs> the gates of hell will not prevail, and I, I just believe that full full heartedly. So the world can come to a crumble, the world can burn to ashes in so many ways. But I know that I know that I know that Jesus is going to build His church, and we are His church. So we should be building. We should be making better. We should be growing. That's so good, and yeah, you're so right. As you guys have been working together. Over the, over the last year, you know, working on these songs and you know, getting them ready for, for your church community. What has been one of the biggest struggles that you guys are facing or were facing as a team working together within lockdown? You know, trying to, you know, keep, uh, I guess, trying to keep the momentum up within your own, like, um, arts group because you know, I'm sure there's like, you know, tons of drummers and bass players and keyboard players who who miss um, being together, um, worshiping sure. with the team. So what what is what were some of the big struggles that you guys are facing as you guys are writing and recording and getting things ready for the church? Um, I think I think yeah, you hit on something about like the other musicians. I mean, I, we have six. We we went from six campuses to one online campus. So yeah, yeah. that means we have one drummer, we have one bass player, we have one MD. Um, and there for a while in the beginning, we were trying to like we were trying to spread the love and and have different people come in and help and, and the thing, but. It just became, I don't know, more hard than it should have been. And we we're like, we have an incredible team. We have an incredible drummer, an incredible bass player. Why don't we just build some consistency? Because <laughs> in 2020, everybody just needed something that was stable. And so, yeah. um, so that's what we did. Yeah. That's what we did. So we, we, we decided, <laughs> hey, this is going to be our drummer. This is going to be our bass player. This is going to be our team. And every week we're going to come together and we just know the drill. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We know exactly what we're going to do. Well, the right. challenge that it posed, though, is like a really, you know, and I understand it, but I think it, I think it kind of hurt a lot of people's feelings. Um, uh, other drummers, other other guitar players, yeah. you know, when, when all of a sudden yeah. they're not getting the call, and and also there's just not a lot of communication because we thought we were going back to church, you know, late summer. We thought we were going back to church in September. We did go back to church in uh, in November, and then we shut the church down again. So like. It was just there wasn't a lot of communication because nobody really knew what was going on. So I think that, that that was a real struggle. So then when we did come back, so Christmas was like our first weekend back um, where we needed everybody at the locations. And it was a real it was a real struggle to pull those teams together because, you know, we just it, nobody's fault. It just um, we had to rebuild and reset. And so now um we're, we're in a really great shape but that was a real challenge also i think just on the artist side right like we have we had um, a bunch of worship leaders who are used to running their own campus and and leading their teams and leading on stage and singing uh, out front um and all of a sudden we go to this online campus and there's only a handful of us that actually do that um, for a lot of different reasons and so i'm really proud of our team because they handled that like a champ um, in the past we would not have handled that so well um, so I think that that's just really cool. There is, um, Pastor Sean always says this, there is blessing on the other side of unity. So for our team, um, whether it's with our, with our volunteer base or whether it's with our, our worship leaders, whether it's in our songwriting, whatever it is, even with our label, I always remind our team, we have to fight for unity. If we're going to fight, let's fight to be unified. Let's fight to be together because there is blessing on the other side of that. And I think that just the fact that I'm on this call with you right now is a testament to that blessing. We, you know, on the other side of unity, we fought really, really hard for to be healthy and to be unified and to keep our eyes on the vision so that we could lead our church. 
Um, and so I feel like I'm rambling now, but regardless, <laughs> uh, those are some of our challenges. Yeah. Those are some of our challenges for sure. Uh, you know, it, it's a big team and we, we really love the team approach here at Red Rocks. Um, everything, everything from Red Rocks worship to our leadership team that runs and oversees the church. We love the team. Like it's not one person, it's the team. And I love that. It also presents a lot, a lot of challenges because, um, we have to work together and we don't always agree on everything, you know? So, yeah. So, uh, the fact that you were doing, uh, weekly services from a single location and because of that, you know, worship leaders and musicians from other campuses weren't able to participate as they were before. Were they still part of, you know, your weekly get togethers and writing music and, and all that stuff happening behind the scenes? I would say, um, so definitely our worship leaders were a, a lot of them were not all of them. Actually, a lot of them were, um, there's like a core group of us that really love to write, um, love to get together and be creative in that way. So we, we pulled our, pulled all of them together. The rest were really trying hard to just, um, not just, but they were really trying hard to serve their campus, whether it is reaching out to people that go to their campus, reaching out to their teams. We also had youth ministry. So like, we gotta, we gotta figure out something for the youth ministry. How do we do an online campus for youth all of a sudden? I don't know. You know, those are kinds of things they were doing. There was a real core group of us who were writing and, and, and focusing on this project, these songs for our church. Yeah, it's interesting because in the beginning of the pandemic, especially when churches were forced to, you know, close their doors and do stuff online. My brother's a pastor uh, just outside of Toronto. And um, one of the things, number one, we saw churches doing um, were, you know, weekly check-ins or daily check-ins. My brother was actually doing a daily check-in. I think it was every day at one o'clock. He would be online and people could, you know, chat with him and he would give kind of a you know, you know, a word of encouragement, whether it be sharing a verse or or a mini sermon, if you want to call it that. And he'd be on for like yeah. 10 or 15, 20 minutes or whatnot. And anybody could, you know, join in whenever they wanted or, you know, view it after the fact. And the other thing that was different, too, is, you know, given the fact that, you know, you're not necessarily preaching on a Sunday morning or having the same environment that you would have in person, uh, he has a staff of other pastors and other and other people on staff, and and so what he did is he they divided up the the people in the church that the congregation the members and said let's yeah. let's try to call all of these guys or communicate in some way whether it be an email or a phone call or a text message or whatever let's try to touch base with every single person somehow somehow some way so that we're still that. you know we're still part of a community because we're we're restricted in the way we can get together so let's find other ways that we can get together even if it's temporary and like you said you know you oh you think things are back to normal again and nope oh, we got to shut things down again, you know, so it's back and forth yeah. and there's no clear direction and it's nobody's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's not in, sure. even necessarily the government's fault. It's just everybody's sure. trying to find a solution, find a way to do things to keep everybody safe. And that just means yeah. doing things differently. And it's always evolving. It's always changing. And that's, it's frustrating, but what can you do? Right? Yeah. There's no playbook, you know, um, we always try to look to our to our mentors to find out like, okay, well, what would, what did they do for this or for that? Or what would they do for this or for that? Well, this whole 2020 COVID-19 deal, like nobody has a playbook for that. Uh, no, nobody knew what to do. So we're all just doing our very, very best. Um, but I think, I think in many ways it presented a lot of like wins, right? Because how often before 2020, before we had to close the doors of the church, 
how often was were pastors and and leaders in the church calling everybody like at home and just asking, hey, how you doing? Yeah. How, how yeah. it wasn't happening probably not that often. Um, I know here that wasn't happening that often, and in so in so many ways, it's like <laughs> I saw this cheesy cheesy shirt, but it just said the church has left the building, and it's like you're right, the church has finally left the building. We're getting finally. out. And finally, we're I like out. the word finally. finally. Yes, finally. Finally yeah. is the key. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The church is not um, Sunday morning in the building where we worship together. Like, yes, that's part of it. The church is you and me and and your friends and your family and other believers, the body of Christ. And in order to do that, we have to have small group time. We have to call each other. We have to check in on each other outside of the Sunday experience. Um, so that, that's really cool to hear that that's what they were doing. We, we did a very similar thing. Um, and I think that that's the kind of stuff that people really need, right? Um, a sermon is awesome. Uh, a new song is really great too. Um, there are, there, they are just tools in the tool belt. That's all they are. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but loving each other and like showing people Christ, um, by our actions is number one and first important. I've said this a few times on this podcast is that the, the great thing I, I, and hear me out. The great thing about Mm -hmm. the pandemic is that's forced churches to do church better. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. forced because we've been stuck in the same rut of doing the same thing every year, every year, every year. Because it's worked in a certain, to a certain capacity, sure. it's worked. But now we're kind of like, oh, yeah, we need to find new ways of doing church. And that's only to the benefit of, of the leadership and the people. Because now we're just doing things that um, we never thought of or that we used to do and we stopped doing. Or we're learning yes. to kind of like find new ways to, to better um, pastor and lead and spiritually um, educate and nourish our people, which is so, so good. I'm just sad so it good. took a pandemic to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it took, yeah. you know, it took COVID to make this happen. But I'm so glad sure. that we're in that season where churches are just sort of saying, let's find new ways to actually connect to our people better. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the gospel always stays the same, but the methods will always change. How do we get it out there? So, and and if we can continue to adapt and change too, like it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when church gets back together again, and then you just go back to your old ways, right? Right, right. Like one of the things my brother, who's the pastor, said to me was, you know, they've been doing the online church, and it it was a great. And I don't want to make it sound like it was a show or anything like that, but it was very well produced. It was very seamless. It was very like they did a very, you know, they had excellence in mind, and so they did a great job on their Sunday morning services. And what happened when churches were temporarily allowed to get back together in person again is a lot of churches just said, okay, they, they switched off the online service and they went back to having a regular service again. But what about the people that either, number one, don't feel comfortable enough going in person into church yet, or number two, never had the ability to come physically into church because they're elderly or they don't have transportation or whatever else. Now, all of a sudden, they can't enjoy church. And then the other thing he pointed out was that even the churches that kept the online stuff going, it now took a back seat where it was just like single camera and, you know, we're going to go about the way we did things earlier. uh, And then we've got the single camera, but nothing else. And, you know, the focus will be on in-person events versus the online. And it's almost like, no, 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 you've got to raise the bar here. You got to raise the ceiling a little bit and you got to do both. Like it's, that's the way we are. thousand percent. Yeah. That's the way we are right now. And, and maybe continue to be in the future. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I, uh, I, I think I love that you said you have to do both. Um, cause like, okay, for instance, our online campus, you can, 
I look at it like this. You can, you can turn a TV on in your home and it can have a really cool video of a fireplace and it can even look like a fireplace. You turn the lights off, man, it just looks like a fireplace. It's crackling. It's beautiful. It's romantic, but you can't feel the heat because there, it's just a TV. There's no mm -hmm. fire. It's, you can't feel the heat. In many ways, I feel that way for our online experience. We'll put together the very best online experience we possibly can because we want to take Jesus and his gospel and we want to reach the ends of the earth. There are people in, in all kinds of different countries that will never step foot in a Red Rocks Church physical location. They just won't because of, you know, uh, geographically where they are and it just won't happen. But they get to partake and be a part of what we're doing um, and what who God is because of the online campus. That's amazing. Back to my TV analogy. They'll never feel the heat, though, that you feel when you step foot in a building and you have hundreds or hopefully thousands of other believers singing at the exact same time. Right. You've missed That's that. Yeah. But you have to but you have to have both. So I don't think I don't think church, I don't think anything for that matter is ever going back a thousand percent the way it used to be. I just don't think it well, can and I don't I, think it should. And I hope not. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I think I think this is like an opportunity for us to yes, you know, here here for sure, open the doors of the church be a hospital because that's what that's just who we are and that's what Jesus calls yeah. us to be. Let's do that. Um, but also let's let's capture it and let's put it online. Our online campus allows us to be in three different prisons here in Denver. We call them God behind bars. And so at every single one of those locations, there are hundreds of people every single weekend in prison, even in their own cell on closed circuit television, hearing, experiencing and seeing our 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 online campus how cool is that they'll that we couldn't go to them and do that we couldn't have them here on a sunday morning but even in prison people are being set free it's amazing that's so good you you talk about all the negative stuff that this pandemic has caused and then look at all the positive aspects because there are many yeah. many positive things that have come up as a result of this and continue to impact you know the community and the world for that matter um I think there's a lot of positive too. I think we a lot of times we focus on the negative, um, and and think about ourselves more than you know what this means to everybody else. Right, yeah. right. No, a thousand percent. I just I go back to um, there's one of my favorite songs right now. <laughs> um, shameless plug, not for me, but for a friend of ours. <laughs> um, one of my one of my favorite songs right now is "Build Your Church." Uh, there's a it's a on the Elevation Worship and mm -hmm. Map City collab. Yeah. Oh my god, so I love good. it. It gets it gets me so hyped. But literally, it's like it's like even the gates of hell will not prevail. And I think as I think as believers, if of people who really put their hope and trust in Jesus and Jesus only, we need to start walking a little taller, a little stronger, and have a little bit more swagger to the way we walk and talk. Not an arrogance, but a confidence that literally Jesus said all of this was going to happen, and He said, "Don't worry, I've overcome the world. Don't worry, don't worry. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you." So therefore. Let's go and be the church. Let's build the church. Let's push the gospel like never before. Um, that's what people need. Um, it's the one pure truth in the whole entire story is Jesus. So, yeah. If I could just jump Come in. On, preacher. Yeah. Preacher. 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 That's right. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I, uh, that's good. I attended a conference a couple of years ago now, I guess. And there was a question that was posed of everyone that was there. And it was... Uh, basically to the extent of what will the church look like uh, in, you know, five years or 10 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, uh, I, I'm a very um, 
practical realist type guy. Um, I, I'm the type of guy that likes to see proof. You know, I'm not. Um, I mean, I have faith, but but I like to, yeah. and I don't want to. I'm, I'm making myself look bad here, but but I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I, I always like you know I'm a very practical person. I like you know seeing the facts and you know. Uh, developing an opinion based on facts, and so I was yeah. at this meeting, and I and I don't didn't want to sound pessimistic or anything like that, but I believe and this was before pandemic was even a word in the vocabulary of anybody at that time, and my recollection was that I said that the church as we know it today uh, would be thirty percent, you know, of what the number of people that were attending church at that time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said that based on the fact, and, and my explanation to that was based on the fact that the church wasn't willing to adapt. That was It was mm-hmm. as simple as that. The church not willing to adapt and do the same thing, the same old, every single week. You know, you show up to church, right. you got greeters at the door, shake your hand, sit in a pew, and this is the order of service, and it's the same thing. We're going to start with a couple of fast songs, do a slow song, we're going to do the offering and announcements, yeah. Yeah. we're going to preach for you know 45 minutes to an hour or maybe less maybe more and then we're going to end with a song and that's your service and it's just this cookie cutter approach that uh, people are getting tired of and quite frankly for for men in general you just can't keep their attention that long and it's just a it's just a fact like it's just the way our world has become with you know the way you see news headlines on tv and you kind of know the whole story within within a few seconds that's just who we are now and if the church can't adapt and i'm not saying to compromise but adapt adapt to the technology adapt to the way things are done and that was my position and that was my reason for that so uh the you know 2020 two thumbs up great it forced churches to get on the bandwagon and I hate to say use that word bandwagon, but that's really what it is because a lot of companies and individuals were already doing this. It was the church that failed to recognize opportunity, and that's what this has been. Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, I think I think oftentimes in the church world, and I have to I have to ask myself this uh, occasionally too. So that this isn't there's no shade here. This is just honest and authentic. Whose church are you building? Mm. Right. Am I, am I building my kingdom and my followers? Am I building my platform? Or are we building the kingdom of Jesus? Um, right. Because he doesn't really need us. But that, that's a real gray area sometimes. Um, is a real fine line that we can easily blur. And so I think, I think this has been a big reset in many ways because it's like, well, uh, a lot of, the, a lot of the, the, the ideas of the church, a lot of the, the teaching, a lot of the um, – what am I trying to say? A lot of the different electives and different like church programs, um, they're great and they all mean really well. I believe that. But oftentimes they just, they're not the ones that are going to save anybody. They're not the ones that are going to change anybody's life. It's yeah. all Jesus. And so I'm thinking, man, if, as we come back to that, um, how incredible is it going to be? How incredible is it when people find Jesus for the first time? How, how incredible is it when people who have been coming to church for years, maybe all their life, they finally find Jesus for the first time? Mm. How, how incredible is that, right? Um, like a real relationship with Jesus, a real, true, authentic relationship with God. How, how cool is that? That's what we're all about. Um, yeah. I think that's what we have to be about. I think I think in the worship community, this is really fun and, and really cool. I, I, I'm watching and I'm like, God is, I, 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 I really believe God is mobilizing the worship community right now 
Um, there are more collaborations than ever before. Mm -hmm. There's more trust with different brands and different communities than ever before. Um, we're, we're writing songs together. The church is now all of a sudden, instead of becoming exclusive, it's becoming inclusive. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's the same with worship. It's the same with our worship leaders and worship pastors and worship artists. And I believe God is doing this because worshipers are always on the front lines. They're always on the front lines. Every battle, every Every everything you, you read throughout the word of God is like the worship leaders are on the front lines, man. They were celebrating, they were shouting um, with victory, and then they were also like letting you know, here here he comes. We're gonna we're we're gonna shout and we're going to go for it with faith, believing that our God's gonna come through. And so I feel like God is mobilizing the worship community right now because I do believe I, I genuinely do believe um, that there is a great awakening that is about to happen within the church within. Um, the body of Christ. And I think that we're going to see revival in many ways that we've never seen before. And I think that the worship community is going to be on the front lines of that. And so, sorry, I have preached for far too long today. I actually have worshiped. I love to sing. I love to sing and and lead people in those ways. But um, that's what's in my heart. I believe that with everything inside of me. And so I appreciate what you guys do. Um, I really do. I mean, to, to, especially the all being on lockdown and stuff like you guys have pushed on the gas pedal too. Um, so, man, much love to y'all, and and I, I just pray favor and blessing over you. But I appreciate what you guys do, getting songs out and like sharing the gospel through music and through podcasts and the whole nine yards. Like this is amazing. This is what people need. I, I believe that. I believe that people need to turn the news off and they need to turn something on that's all about Jesus. They need to turn something mm-hmm. on that's going to remind them of like, hey, you know what? You are a creation of the greatest creator ever. That's who you are. And you have purpose in your lungs. So quit not not worrying, but like in some ways it's like quit looking to all the other things that are in front of you constantly and start reminding your soul who your God is. Um, Come on. And I just appreciate you guys doing that. You know, they, they can turn on the news, but it's not really news because it's the same thing every single day. So you may as well <laughs> yeah. get something else on. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tyler, for uh, hanging with us. What a great, yeah. uh, great conversation and just exciting to see what is happening with uh, Red Rocks, both in the church and also with the worship team and uh, and all the exciting music that's coming out and, and what the, I guess, what the stuff is behind the music, because that's really yeah, that's right. very, very meaningful. And, and there's always a story behind a song and hearing the story behind uh, Red Rocks worship is just amazing to hear, especially... Uh, how you guys have adapted and and moved and changed and and done things over the last year that, that's always you know I find that intriguing to see what people have done and also what your heart is all about that's it's just it's just awesome really appreciated this conversation yeah well guys honestly it's so great to meet you over the phone um, James and Drew really appreciate y'all appreciate what you're doing thanks for the opportunity and love to do it again sometime sounds great that'd be amazing man thanks guys great to meet you take care likewise take care man all right you too bye bye alrighty. So exciting to see what those guys are up to. Yes, yeah, yeah. And just the I heart like, behind it oh, all too. You know that. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, exactly. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that you can, you can. He's got. He's very a very optimistic guy. You can hear that in his yeah. voice. But you can also hear the the work that's been involved with him personally and his team to adapt over the last little while. And, and recognizing their shortcomings. I mean, he talked about the fact that, you know, doing an online service out of one location meant that a lot of the other musicians and artists were alienated, basically. 
and it took some time to get them back into the fold in a sense when they you know were allowed to meet in person again at the various locations uh, but also the excitement in his voice when you know they were introducing songs online brand new songs to the congregation and then when they right. did gather together as a group uh, just the people belting out the words and singing along and worshiping together because they already knew the songs. It wasn't like we're going to teach you a new song. They already knew the song, which was awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. I like um, the fact that they um, have been having these discussions for like what they can do differently and how they can approach, um, uh, I guess, shepherding their, their church better. I love that. I love that he, they just seem to be a community that uh, wants to support their artists, wants to support their church through music. Um, and he just seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. I think he just really um, and humbly wants to always make sure he's doing the best, that they are doing the best they possibly can. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was, a, there was a, definitely a, um, um, a heart of excellence, again, in, in a humble way, like not in a look at us, look what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. But in a, in a like, let's try and always make sure we're doing and leading and creating the best possible things in the best possible ways. And that's wonderful to see, especially in these days of COVID. So yeah, I, and and if you haven't heard the music, you really should. It's, it's really quite good. Yeah, it's some yeah. good tunes right there. So yeah, great conversation, totally. And you can find more details about Red Rocks at the website redrocksworship.com to find out all the details about social media and music and all that good stuff. And it's time now for Artist Advice. We go to McKenna Johns from The Young Escape. Be 100% you and don't flow with the currents of culture because I think that our world is so in need of new music that's not copycat music, but that's just something that's 100% you and you can be 100% you because God made you to be 100% you and you're amazing. And so write stuff that is real to your heart. Yeah, I completely agree. There's so much power in just being authentic and being vulnerable with your art, bringing a 100% of yourself to your art and sharing that. That's what people want to hear. That's what people want from you. So that's so, so key. People know if you're copying anyways. If you're going to copy exactly. somebody else's sound or the style of their music or, or their lyrics or whatever else, they know. They really do. That's right. Just be yourself. That's right. Simple as that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And that is it for today's episode. We have new episodes dropping every week, every Monday. Uh, Listen in and uh, don't forget to like, leave us a rating, leave us a review. That just helps us reach more people as well. And how about following us, eh, Drew? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we would love for you to be part of the BTG community. So why don't you follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Between Grooves. Do all the things there and we can connect with you online. And tell a friend. Oh, so key. How's that for an innovative idea? Tell a friend about the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, if you listen regularly, why not let your friends know about it as well? Because again, uh, that just helps us grow this thing even more after 199 episodes. That's right. That's right. And we can't wait to share more episodes with you. So we'll see you right here next time on Between the Grooves. Between the Grooves.